Welcome, listeners, to Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Wow, Rob, thanks for that intro. Really happy to be here. Yeah. Hey, really changed it up that time. <laughs> and it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We're talking about Minute 108, and we are joined by Heart of the Ocean. Today, we are joined by Allison... My arch nemesis, the the iceberg to my boat, Aww. the Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Hello. Allison. Thank you, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah, super super fan, Allison. Oh, Actually, yeah. you had to call about eighteen times before oh, you got God. through. So I sure did. I've been trying the lines all night. Just got to tell you guys about my boat problems. Ship problems, you mean? Uh, Duff, my you need to problems, engage the car yes. talk voice now. Engage the car talk voice. <laughs> what, uh, year, what year is your boat? <laughs> and you said uh, it's got a rattling <laughs> underneath? That's what my wife says to me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a good one, yeah. Oh, my God. Minute 108. Guys, we're on minute 108 of Titanic. You are, maybe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> In this minute, uh, Captain Andrews, not Captain Andrews, I've already lost it. Andrews, shh, I know. Andrews tells Captain Smith that Titanic will sink. It's a very made important. of iron. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and Andrews, uh, they ask about the, the pumps. And what's Andrews. The- What's what? the name of that idiot in the background that wanted is, the headlines? Is, Ismay. Ismay, Bruce Ismay. Ismay. Ismay looks like somebody yeah. just told him they ran out of Coke. It's <laughs> just pale and sweaty. Uh, he, he looks like the guys in Boogie Nights yeah. when they're waiting for what's-his-name to come back. Yeah, yes. Ray, he's waiting for Ray Headjax. Ixnay <laughs> uh, on the Ismay. Mm. 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 <laughs> wow, that was his good as a late period offspring album right there (laughs) so andrew says pumps buy you time but minutes only and i've always (laughs) thought sure do i've (laughs) always thought pumps buy you time would be a really good song title it's good it's a good club mix yeah um (laughs) what do you think it would would be like some dance music i think it yeah i'm thinking like right said fred okay like very european uh, very early 90s. It could be yeah. kind of industrial, maybe. Like, you could have the pumps as kind of like the beat, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm now hearing this, yeah. Now we're talking. I'm and then thinking the... it's more of a Marvin Gaye song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also thinking the music video, you could just use some footage of the Boiler Men in the Boiler Room. Oh. be pretty good. It's like Stomp or whatever. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> have you never seen thing? Stomp? No, I always confuse Stomp and Blue Man Group. Is there are they the same except some of them are blue? Some of them are blue, yeah. <laughs> um so we we have a little rack focus between Andrews and Ismay that I like a lot uh with uh You should probably kind of... explain what that is. Okay. Um you sort of see uh Andrews, you know, talking about that pumps only buy you time. <laughs> pumps, mm-hmm. pumps. Uh and you kind of see in the background, you see Ismay with just this like this look, 
of just shock. Uh, and then in the same shot, the focus suddenly changes from being on Andrews to actually seeing um, Ismi in, in focus. So it's a it's a quick focus change in the same shot. Did I got that right, Joe? Yeah. It sounded right to me. I, I was just honestly I was just honestly concerned that uh, people would not know what that is. I didn't. So and they would you. Google rack focus and then they would end up with a bunch of... Ooh, that's a bad Google search at work. Well, I know I'm distracted now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Nisbe is just like, you know, but the ship can't sink. And, you know, as we mentioned, Andrew says, you know, it's made of iron. Iron. It can. She will. Um, and this comment he makes about mathematical certainty... Oh, that was real. That he is actually said that. that. Uh, Andrew's yeah. at- he did. Well he done. Did. Yeah. I- yeah. Yeah. So, I I know Rob. I'm I'm ahead of you on your research. As your nemesis, I knew what you were going <laughs> to say. You're the new host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here like the emperor, like leaning forward in my chair, waiting for <laughs> the fight to start. Afraid <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to quite operational. <laughs> Oh, I um, assure you, this podcast is quite operational. <laughs> um, gosh, we so rarely talk about Titanic on this podcast. <laughs> it's so long. And from this point on, there's not a lot of dialogue. No, that's true. My favorite thing in this minute is the guy who walks in. like, Hey, dirt. what's up, guys? Yeah. Hey, what's up? Sorry I'm late for the meeting. Anything big? I brought the Cheetos. What's going on? <laughs> I wish yeah. he was eating a donut while he walked in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just Lewis walking in. He brought Taco <laughs> <Yeah>. Bell. <laughs> what if <laughs> Lewis was his in this His entire forearm has <laughs> disappeared into a bag of Doritos. <laughs> he's he's wearing that stupid smiley face shirt like, hey, what's oh. going on? Someone please Photoshop Lewis into the background of this meeting. <laughs> he just walks in. Jeez, who died? What's going on? <laughs> Why so quiet? Uh, it, this minute is incredibly quiet, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's no music. It's incredibly tense. We sort of we've discussed a little bit about how uh, once the uh, iceberg thing happens, this movie switches back and forth between loud, quiet, loud, like the Pixies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, this minute especially is just like such a somber, just so tense. Everyone's sweating. And I, <laughs> not having music, I think, works in its benefit because it's just silence. And you're like, oh, crap. So the thing that interested me the most was the you'll get your headlines, Mr. Ismay line. So I did some research into the headlines from April 15th, 1912 and oh, like the immediate okay. news that was coming out. So this was pretty early on in wireless communication. And obviously there was like a perfect storm of the communications between the ships getting mixed up and, you know, not taking it seriously. Um, so at first, there was a lot of, like, really hilariously wrong information. Like, the uh, I think it was the Daily Mail and, like, three different newspapers in Vancouver reported that no lives were lost. Yeah. Like, the Titanic hit an iceberg, but uh, there's the one, um, Titanic sunk, no lives lost, collision with an iceberg, and then it says, all passengers taken off, which is not untrue. No one on that boat anymore. Yeah. So yeah, then, I think I'm, I'm sure I, at least I, one person was locked in a bathroom or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. 
Lewis. <laughs> yeah, the the Daily Mail, the editorial from April 16th. Yeah, um, I like copied down a paragraph because I thought it was great. Um, the Titanic has escaped without, so far as we know, any loss of life. She is still afloat, and there's a fair chance of her reaching a port if the weather holds good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then it praises the ship's construction and asserts that the affair of the Titanic is a fresh proof of the safety of the modern steam vessel, a fresh illustration of the dominance which man has established over the most treacherous forces of nature. Oh, God, oh, man. Right? That sucks. Can you imagine the internet <laughs> comments on that article? Oh, my God. And that's not even got the facts wrong. That's, I have a story I want to write, and mm. I don't care. Like, talk about the hubris of mankind. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, wow. And then the... Was this uh, a Hearst newspaper? This was Daily Mail. Okay. Which con- t- continues to be called the Daily Fail, I believe, with good reason. Um one of yeah, the yeah. Right. yeah one of the newspapers in Vancouver too I'll um when this goes up I'm going to post the picture to steerage they included like on the front page this really gnarly illustration of the grim reaper sitting on top of an iceberg wow <laughs> oh, no it's wow. amazing i'm going to get that oh, yeah. as a tattoo <laughs> <laughs> and of sounds course, like it should be an iron maiden album cover it kind of yes. looks like oh, it yeah. yeah oh that's good yeah um, and then, of course, there were a bunch of articles about all the, like, super rich dudes who died because, oh, all the money that was lost and all the insurance and then Wall Street, like, took a hit. It was, like, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting thing about the headlines is that they kind of paved the way for all of the human interest stories we see told in the second half of Titanic. Like, um... Mr. and Mrs. Strauss, like, they were featured in the newspaper articles, like the woman who wouldn't get into a lifeboat and stay with her husband. Also, one thing that I thought was great is that Major or uh, President Taft's military advisor, Major Archibald Butt. Oh, Archibald Archibald Butt. Major Butt. (laughs) Archie Butt. Archie Archie Butt. (laughs) So he featured in a great headline, which isn't true, but they said that he, Major Butt, with gun in hand, held back frenzied men, saved women. So they said that he held back a frenzied mob of steerage passengers, mostly Italians, of course, and oh, like man. kept them from getting to the lifeboat, <laughs> saving the women and children. So that's some great, wow. like, old-timey racism. Oh, man. Good job, Archie. <laughs> Major butt. Major butt. Major butt. <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> hey, uh, Alice, we wanted to have you on because I. This is, as we mentioned, the tape switch moment. Oh yes. Uh, and so I think there's a lot to dig into. I'm gonna go to the refrigerator and make a sandwich before bothering to change the tapes. Yeah, I forgot to rewind the second one, so I'm going to have to take a break, too. What's uh, what's on TBS? <laughs> it's just Titanic. Uh, so I, I have the tail of the tape here, guys. Okay. Tape one is, a, is 108 minutes, obviously. Tape two is 87 minutes. Now, we can talk about which tape we like more, but I think this is interesting. This is the last line of tape one is, we mentioned, well, I believe you may get your headlines, Mr. Ismay. 
Do you guys know what the first line of tape two is? Okay. It's Cal uh, saying something, nope. right? No. Oh, all right. I thought is that it, might be his response. Is it? It is a little slut, isn't it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it's Cal oh, slapping wow. Rose. Like, imagine. I just like it's funny to me. Like, I could just imagine like families renting this movie and like putting the wrong tape in first. And being like, what is just? <laughs> Why is this man with a wig hitting that? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so sweaty? So I I have a good anecdote uh, regard to regarding what you just said. So when this was released on video a Utah video store offered to make what they called a Titanic G-rated cut. Okay. And for $5, a video store in American Fork, Utah, would transform Titanic into a version that's rated G. Now, this does not make sense, but we'll, we'll get to that. Sunrise Family Video offers customers the option of cutting the scene in which Kate Winslet poses nude, and another that suggests... Leo and Kate's characters have sex. Suggest a little bit. Why yeah. are they so sweaty? I mean, well, we we didn't see <laughs> we didn't see any uh, P and V. So P and V. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> a point point of view shot. I think yeah. is what he meant. That's oh, what P O V. Okay. So for an additional three dollars, they'll edit out any other scenes that customers find objectionable, and. Uh, Connie Paxton, a mother of five, says, I'm thrilled. My husband and kids haven't seen it because of the sex scenes. My teenage daughter is excited. She's going to invite her friends over to watch it. They had more than 50 people take them up on this deal, but there's a four-day backlog for the store's employees who require about 35 minutes to edit one copy. Um, do Is, is this, if you were in charge, well, actually, this is a two-part question. If you were in charge of uh, breaking up this movie, is this where you would choose to break that moment in the tape? Yes. It's pretty good. I think I so. Agree. Yeah, it's good. Uh, question number two, knowing James Cameron, knowing the way he works, do you think – at what point did he realize that – like, do you think when he wrote this movie he was thinking about the tape switch? No. I don't think he's the type of person who ever thinks about home video with the exception that I know he shoots things so that it'll look at least somewhat decent in pan and scan. But I, I really don't think he's the type of person who cares about home video beyond that. I don't think he cares about such like mundane things. You know, James Cameron thinks of himself as like a great artist all the time and he has no time for thinking about like human concerns. He doesn't even own a TV. Of course not. (laughs) See, I, I, I almost imagine him going like the, the Robert Zemeckis route and him thinking about this while he wrote it. Like, oh, this would be a good spot for the tape switch. Hmm. But Yeah, I, I don't get that vibe from him. I I get the vibe that he's like, oh, no, this is meant for the, the big screen and it should only be seen on the big screen. Do you guys know, this is my last, uh, last VHS uh, fun fact, do you know what the last major studio movie on VHS is? Oh, I think i this is gonna seem like i'm i know it but is it a history of violence it is history of violence i only know that because i was researching vhs stuff today 
Okay, isn't that a remarkable that that's that? It's such a wow. weird random movie. Yeah. To be. <laughs> like, like some yeah. studio was like, "All right, let's put History of Violence out and see how it does. And if it doesn't do well, then we're done with the VHS thing." Cronenberg probably knew people had a VHS fetish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was what his next movie was going to be about. I guess it does make sense that it is a Cronenberg film, considering Videodrome. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that's what I have for 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 VHS talk tape switch. Well, I tape have, talk. I have some VHS talk. I just looked up about the VHS release of this, which was on September first, nineteen ninety-eight. An estimated twenty-four million units were shipped by Paramount. You could get it in pan and scan or letterbox, and they estimate that. Uh, 17 or 18 million units were actually sold, which made it the top-selling title of the year. Wow. Um, The top-selling VHS of all time, from what I can find, it's hard to find records of that, at least in list form, I believe, is uh, The Lion King. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Anything Disney, it's probably going to be up there. Oh, are you sure it's not Debbie Does Dallas? (laughs) (laughs) those are mostly copied tapes yeah (laughs) actually there's no real way to trace that most are found in the under a leaf pile in the woods (laughs) oh my god (laughs) uh wait is there more to that story joe (laughs) let's leave it at that (laughs) um one one thing uh, maybe you'll remember if you're of a certain age. Blockbuster Video stayed open until 2 a.m. on the day Titanic was released on video, and they have some. There's a commercial with two Blockbuster clerks working, and all, all, they just hear a stampede of screaming oh, girls. This. Yes, and, uh, one of them is uh, I don't remember the actor's name. Uh, Finch from American Pie. Yep, he's. Uh, one of the clerks, and he uses a little banaka. Um, it's a little bit creepy, kind of, I kind of sexist. But this was an actual commercial from 1998. Um, one other thing I was going to mention: uh, the Titanic VHS was sold as a loss leader, meaning that it was usually sold uh, for less than the manufacturer's suggested retail price. Hmm. This was one of the first videos to really be ordered online. Uh, oh, we know that from earlier this week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, from Big Black. Yes. <laughs> um, you had a, there was a uh, retailer, real.com, which I don't remember. Do you guys? R-E-E-L? Yes. I remember that. Yeah, uh, me too. They sold it for nine ninety nine plus shipping. Wow. Wow. Good and deal. they sold uh, 200,000 units of it during the first week of release. So it's it. this was really kind of the end of VHS dominance. This was DVD was launched in 1997. Netflix launched in April of 98. And this, I would say like this and The Phantom Menace and The Matrix were kind of some of the last really huge VHS titles. Maybe maybe some Di- non-Disney ones. Like, I'm sure those as well. But I feel like kids' movies are in a category all their own. Do you, Yeah, they're do too you guys... dumb to, to notice the bad transfer. <laughs> do you guys... I, I think 
it probably won't work if I ask you what your first VHS was, but do you know what your first DVD that you owned was? Uh, yeah, it was Titanic. Was it really? My first DVD was Titanic. Oh, wow. <laughs> the one you still have that you have to switch discs during. It, it might be the same copy. I'm not sure if it is, but yeah. That's awesome. Duff? Uh, well, the first like actual DVD we didn't tape from something or sorry tape um that was i think ghostbusters your first vhs yeah first vhs okay but your first dvd uh first dvd and this is very on brand uh planet of the apes okay that works for you not the tim burton one yeah (laughs) it's important i i it's very important i i make that known uh joe I'm sure for VHS it was probably um, a Disney movie of some kind, but uh, we had just so much stuff taped off of TV. Yeah, that it's really hard for me to differentiate between, you know, the stuff that was purchased for us yeah, from the rich f- folks and the stuff that my family got. I do remember getting gifted a VHS copy of Armageddon by a relative, and if they're listening, thank you. I know you meant well, but I was deeply, <laughs> deeply disappointed by that. That movie sucked. Oh, no. And uh, first DVD, man, that, that, I don't know that about that one either. It might have been Dumb and Dumber. Cause I, okay. I, I mean, I still enjoy rewatching that movie, but that just seems like something where I would, because I didn't have any money back then. I probably was confident enough to spend the money on that because I knew I would keep watching. Yeah, you know, you know it was a sure bet. I would, I... I if I think of like VHS tapes that I can remember asking for either as a present or maybe spent my money on, it was for sure in like 94, I went on a huge Jim Carrey kick. And so Ace Ventura, the mask and dumb and dumber were like three movies that I had in VHS that I watched all the time. And then I think my, my first DVD was probably, I think it was the matrix actually. Yeah. That, that was an early one for me too. Yeah. So I just realized that, um, I don't know if it was my first VHS, but my mom tells me that when I was really young, I was obsessed with Lady and the Tramp, and okay. I wore out the VHS, and I'm thinking, like, I might have a type as far as movies go, because Lady well, and the Tramp and Titanic are, like, the same kind La- of romance. Lady and the Tramp, to this day, is still my favorite animated Disney movie. It's amazing. It's, it's such a good movie. It's spectacular racist Siamese cats notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're always going to get a healthy dose of racism with yeah. most of those older ones. I That kind of reminds me, I've always had this theory that uh, if you were to think of the four, like three or four movies or uh, pieces of entertainment that you watched a lot growing up, that that would explain a lot of, of your personality. Oh, my other movie that I watched a lot when I was really young, so my mom tells me, is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So I think <laughs> you're right. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> so yeah, you're I 100% was, accurate. I was I was Beetlejuice and Wizard of Oz mm. were two big ones for me that I watched all the time. We also taped a lot of things off TV, and we had, uh, for some reason, my parents sprang for the really good cable package in the 80s so we had disney channel back when it was a pay station oh nice and back then like disney channel was very different than what is today back then it was disney like 
oh, we don't have any original content. It'll just show old stuff. And so I would tape, we tape like Pinocchio and Lady and the Tramp and all the old cartoons and things like that. And the first movie I really remember like being taken with and rewatching and just kind of being spellbound by is Pinocchio. That was a mm. big formational movie for me. Hmm. It's Pee Wee's Big Adventure for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the Goonies. Um, do you guys have anything else in this minute? Otherwise, we really need to, uh, Allison, we need to hear your Titanic story. Yeah, oh. I've got a question for Allison, too. Oh, well, I'll take your question first. Uh, it, well, let's close with it. Let's tell oh, us okay. your Titanic story okay. first. So I was 11 when it came out. I was primo Titanic age. I I don't remember how many times I saw it in the theater. Um, so my mom was working at a, as a bartender at the time, so she was super busy. And I remember her one, like, 21-year-old co-worker took me to see it. Um, and I remember her, like, trying to cover my eyes during the drawing scene. <laughs> Um, so I got really into the history around the time too. Like I remember getting a night to remember from our local library and reading it and being super into it. Um, Titanic was also the first CD I owned, the soundtrack. Wow. Yeah. And also fun fact, my birthday is April 10th, which is the day the Titanic set sail. And my brother's birthday is April. My brother's birthday is April 14th. When it's hit the iceberg, which means my parents got busy at the same time every year, but uh, yeah, <laughs> like clockwork. Yeah. So, my my darling husband took me to see it in the theater for its 100th anniversary or the 100th anniversary of the sinking. Oh, nice! He would gl- just, I, I got scared. I'm like, you were 11 and you had a husband. Yes, yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which which part of Utah did you live in? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, his name Child is, Bride Allison. My last name is actually Moore. His first name is Roy. <laughs> yeah, remember him? Um, my husband also yeah. wanted me to tell you. He wanted me to tell you that um, Rose is cinema's greatest monster. Old Rose or young Rose or all Rose? Uh, pretty much old Rose, primarily. Oh, she's yeah. Yeah, she's awful. So I feel like he would really jive with you guys. to uh to reference our now finished uh mush madness bracket we did he would want to see the end of the rose (laughs) that's a great segue actually uh what so tell us uh why do you hate rob (laughs) take as much time as you need i mean god so, hey, Rob, what's that thing on top of your house? A roof. <laughs> and what noise does your dog make? A rough. Roof. Rough. Roof. Am I saying those differently? <laughs> I, I, I have a roof, and my dog makes a noise, and it sounds like rough. You're barely making different noises. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Rob, you're just barking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just want it to be known for the record that the person on the survey who said they hated Rob's voice was not me. (laughs) I would give them a high five, but it was not me. (laughs) I don't hate Rob. I I, I do. I dunk on him out of love. 
<laughs> Although I did name my Mush Madness bracket Rob Sucks. Yeah, because he does. I mean, yeah, right? True. I can't believe you have to ask why. pronounce it Sooks or something. S-U-X. <laughs> Rob Sooks. Rob Sooks. Rube Sooks. Oh. oh, man. Well... <laughs> On that note, guys. Oh my God, it's eleven o'clock. I had to go to bed. <laughs> do you, do you have anything else on this minute, or anything else, Allison? No, thank you for letting me be a part of your horrible podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to take over for me? I would. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Can we? Um, uh, can we handcuff you to like a random room in the basement of a sinking ship? Also, kind of kinky. Oh, yeah, and then hit him with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just well, need uh, that a necktie and a lemon. <laughs> well, that I mean, right now I'm wearing a giant necklace and a Billy Zane wig and nothing else. So, <laughs> it's all set up now. <laughs> and the Billy Zane uh, wig is not on my head. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> My boss is Allison. Thanks so much for, for for being a listener and engaging with us so much on uh, Steerage, our Facebook group. You're welcome. Thank you. And for being on tonight. Thank you so much. This has been a really good time. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. Right. And uh, and listeners, we will be back tomorrow with uh, minute one hundred and nine.